in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I can't tell if my voice is like this from testosterone or from the weekend I've had. So let's just assume it's both. Hello, welcome to the show. Carly, can you explain to the audience who you are and what you do? <laughs> What's up, Gabe? I'm going to guess it's from the weekend because that, that sounds hoarse, not deep to me. It's, it's not going well. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Carly. They, them pronouns. I'm a filmmaker, comic book creator, a human Muppet. Yeah. My gender identity is a fainting couch. I don't know what else to say about myself. Lovely friend of mine. Known Gabe for a long ass time and love this guy pretty much a lot. Oh, baby. I love you too. I love you. So why, why did you choose blank check? 
<laughs> so you texted me and you were like, movies about money, right? Is yeah. that how you, something yeah. about move, talking about, you said, come on the podcast and talk about a movie about money. Mm-hmm. And literally the first movie that popped into my head was Blank Check. <laughs> the second movie was Set It Off and the third was Hustlers. And then it seemed like Blank Check as that was the first that came to my mind. That seemed to be what I should go with, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So blank check. Okay. Let's give a little bit of a background story about it. So blank check came out in 1994. Which means I was 12 when it came out. So I saw it at the at the tender age of 12. Wow. The, the age of our lead, which will become important in a moment. <laughs> That's probably why I liked it. It was so aspirational. That's disgusting. <laughs> I was six. The film was shot in Texas, and the house that is in the film is now owned by the director, Robert Rodriguez. Fun fact. Wait, really? I didn't know that. That's amazing. Not to be, he's not the one who directed this movie, but he is a great director, and we love Robert Rodriguez. He's a legend. He's a great director. He did not direct this film, but he owns the house, I guess. Little fun fact trivia. I love to bring those up here. I love that. I didn't know that. That's actually wonderful. It's a weird house, which we'll get to also. The film has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Look, if I'm going to be on this podcast, I'm going to bring it just the most perfect piece of cinema with me. And clearly that's what I've done today. Like you're a director and you thought (laughs) blank check. Okay. In my defense, I had not seen it since the age of 12 and I couldn't think of anything else. I remembered it, but I truly in my Mandela effect mind thought that the the driver was played by John Candy. Okay, when I was watching it, when I, I like I was like, is that John Candy? That's like fully that's thought it was John Candy. <laughs> Apparently it is a man named Richard Ducumin, and he's a Canadian stand-up comedian, so he seems to be the Canadian John Candy. The Canadian John Candy is what I was thinking as well. Yes. So that's if you if you, when we talk about Henry, just picture John Candy in your mind. But but Canadian. But Canadian. I also, the star of this film is named Brian Bonsall, who is a child actor who quit acting. I recognized him because he was on Star Trek. Nice. He played Worf's son on Star Trek. He's very adorable. He and I don't know if we should address it up top or not. But, Which part? <laughs> okay. So let's get that out of the way. Trigger warning. What happened was people saw this movie when they were kids and they kind of remembered it. And nobody really talked about it. Then it (sighs) popped up again on Netflix, like recently. And people were like, oh, nostalgia. And they rewatched it. And what shot to memory for everyone was that there is a kiss on the lips romantically between the lead character, whose name is Preston, who is 12, and Shay, who is 31 years old. (laughs) And she's an FBI agent who he befriends. She's she's masquerading as a woman that works at the bank. That's how he meets her. Yeah. She's undercover. Yes. And that is easily one of the most horrifying things that has ever happened in film. The entire film, he believes that he is dating her. In his mind, they're fully a couple. And we're led to believe that she kind of is humoring him because she wants to help arrest his boss, which we'll get to in a second. But Karen Duffy, who was 31 at the time of filming... And the character is meant to be 11. Brian Bunsall himself was 12. We never really hear how old Shay is meant to be, but let's just say Karen Duffy's 31. They, at the end of the film, 
I don't know if she was humoring him, but they absolutely kiss on the lips. And there's also a bit of dialogue where she says, how about you come find me in 10 years? He says, upsetting. he says five. She says seven. He says six. They say deal. So let's just let's just let let's just get that out of the way so it's not jarring when it happens. I really picked a winner. Okay. I'm just want to apologize on behalf yeah. of me about a week ago when I said we should watch this movie. Because I had forgotten um how wildly inappropriate and disgusting that is. I was gonna say, did, when did you remember that that was coming? And did you remember it? And how do you feel? I didn't remember it. I knew it was coming when I saw it on the screen and wanted to die. And then how did I feel I wanted to die? Yes, those are the answers to the, <laughs> the three questions you just asked. You forgot about it? I forgot about it completely. So I was, okay, so I sat down to watch it and I was like, awesome. And I'm like, man, this kid, great actor. He has he is the most stressed out looking young person I've ever seen, aside from like the cast of Yellow Jackets who are, of course, in their 20s, so right. not actually children. And then Karen Duffy shows up and I'm like, oh, Maybe this is why I loved this movie at the age of 12 was that I thought she was so hot and she was hanging out with a small child. And I was like, I'm a small child. We can hang out. And then once I had that thought, I wanted to die again. Uh, <laughs> that was the first time I wanted to die. And then the second time was when they actually kissed. But I, I, I would stand by, you know, my my recollection of this being aspirational in terms of giant, buying a big house with a water slide and having a hot lady talk to you. That was really what I was going for at the age of, again, 12. Well, so this is also, fun fact, written by Blake Snyder. He of Save the Cat, the screenwriting book that everyone likes to read and reference. <laughs> he wrote Blank Check. So I actually was like, oh, yeah, that guy actually did screenwriting. And this yeah. was one of his films. So Blake Snyder, you're a fucking weirdo. Who would the cat be in this? Uh... Literally what? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. So we open on a convict running in the rain and he's like going to where he stashed some money. And you're like, what a weird opening for this kid's movie. A child movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we're like, OK, right. that's interesting. Yeah, then we're on board. we meet Preston and his brothers, Damien and Ralph, who have a hand and foot business. That was weird. I don't know what also, that means. I don't either. And I don't know why the. This was like, I feel like this was such a trope in like 80s and 90s movies of like parents hating the youngest child and like mm -hmm. being only supportive of the older children because like those parents are like not like Preston's just trying to live. He's just trying to live. And they're like, oh, we bought you guys a computer, but we can't give you more than six dollars to go to a theme park. Like, come on. The dad is hyper capitalist. He says industry gets rewarded. They let the brothers use Preston's bedroom for their business. He's like, basically like, Preston, you need to get a job. You need to start making money. Like, you know, Again, he has this 12. <laughs> right. He has this piggy bank. That's like his life savings. It's like a really fucked up. I wrote pretty fucked up capitalist family. Like yeah. he's saying the dad's like, I had my own business when I was your age. I made a hundred bucks a week. Like he was Doing very, what? Right. Oh, I think he says, I don't remember what he said. If he said something what he did. to do with people's lawns, I think. Oh, did he mow lawns? Maybe. Maybe, but it, it was weirder than that. I think. But so, I mean, basically, the dad just like had a job, and the kids, the two younger or the two brothers, have jobs, and like are starting small businesses. And the dad is like really all he likes about his kids is that they make money. 
Like that's his big thing. You know what's interesting? I don't want to, I'm going to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt. That the issue of child labor is actually super relevant today. And that is shocking. What do you mean? Oh, that like the age of like people, like they're sending kids to work in factories literally right now. Mm -hmm. And that's like, not great. I don't love that. Like, I don't love like a like a young child, like working in a factory. Well, it's this thing of like, are you are you worthwhile until you're contributing economically? Are you worthwhile until you're making money and are a consumer? Because a kid is a consumer, but they're not like generating wealth for a boss. So it's sort of like, how young can we go in order to create another cog in this machine? And the parents are not like, hey, be a kid. The parents are like, when are you going to get a job? And the, and the dad only starts to love and respect him once he thinks he's working for a rich guy. Oh, my God. The dad treats him. It's like a complete night and day the way the dad treats him once he thinks he has a job. And it's not as though the family needs the money. Like he yeah, asks at one point, are we poor? And the dad's like, no. Yeah. And like he literally bought the brothers a computer for their fake business. So that's what happens, right? So he he buys this computer called the Macintosh Performa 3000, which has something called MaxSpeak, which lets you talk in like a computer <laughs> voice. Look, this was a real thing, okay? Or at least a version of this was kind of real. There was a text-to-speech element on the old Macs. Is this a real Mac? Yeah, it looks like it. There's also something called a Style Writer 2, which I guess is the tech keyboard. Can neither confirm nor deny. I mean, oh, I can Oh, it's the Google. printer. It's the printer. That's the printer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he has a printer. No, these are all real things. This is what technology looked like in There's, 1994. It's massive. And it's everything huge. is being typed in that sort of green matrix font. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's making all the keyboard sounds are great. Click, They're like, click, 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 click. So the dad says that the computer is so advanced, it will teach you everything except how to make love to a woman. And then the mom says, now I know what to get your father for Christmas. First of all, who is this movie for? First of all, that doesn't even make sense as a joke. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> she then she doesn't know what to get him for Christmas because this computer won't do that thing that she's thinking about. Right, right. So first of all, the it's not even a good joke. And then again, and then it's just upsetting deeply upsetting. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I remember a lot of kids movies had little jokes for the parents. Yes, 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 yes. But there seems to be like a deeply misogynistic, like masculine energy to this where, for example, he's got this bully friend named Butch. Oh, my God. Also, like that's queer culture, right? The little bully named Butch. I was like, OK, Butch. Yes, work. He, OK, oh, Butch's he, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> also, the the brother punches him in the arm one time and then says don't rub it be a man like his masculinity is at risk because he doesn't have money so his dad gives him two dollars saying you can have fun all day on that he buys six tokens at Funland. all the kids bully him all day yep yep he can only go on small rides like he he doesn't have i mean why even go he doesn't have enough money to like I have go. fun well that's the thing he didn't want to go his dad was like you have to go yeah it's this very like putting you through your paces as a kid in order to toughen you up to become a, a worker in a machine. Like, this is what we all do. And you got to man up and you got to make money. And it's like very toxic and like very, it, it, it does throughout the film kind of tie into masculinity. Yeah, definitely. So just, just, I mean, a choice. Certainly a choice for a children's film. Yeah. Yes. So in 1993, so it's it's 1993. They live in Hillsdale, Indiana, 
which I found out from looking at where the bank was. He gets oh. $11 in the mail from his grandma. And for his no, birthday. No, wait, wait, he gets a blank check in the mail from his grandma. This will become important later. And and so so he gets a birthday check from his grandmother. And it's he's like, oh, man, no amount written. And he thinks that it's like invalid. And the dad's like, oh, no, she just forgot to write VIN. It's a blank check. Boop, boop, boop. And he fills in like $11, which is just like, wow, thanks. But now he knows what a blank check is, what to do with a blank check. And he's got $11 that he wants to go deposit at the bank in an account for himself, which I don't think a minor is allowed to open their own account. I'm pretty sure when I was like in like whatever age I like opened my little account to put my allowance in that my parents had to go with me to set that up. Yeah, I wasn't sure. The dad tells him that $11 can become a lot with interest. He goes on his little computer. He looks to see how much, how soon he could make a million dollars with 3.45% interest. He says he wants his own house for his birthday. So he go he he has reason to go to the bank now to deposit this money. How old okay, how old do you have to be to open a bank account by yourself? I'm gonna guess seventeen. And sixteen year olds need an adult co owner. And that's he's not six he he's eleven. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was like sixteen when I did my first little savings account in my hometown. And I absolutely had my parents with me when I set it up. Yeah. Then we go to the bank and we see that Carl Quigley, who is the guy that was the convict that was running, he goes to the guy that works at the bank, Mr. Biederman. And he, Biederman. Biederman, which Scott. What a name. I just love that. It's such a like guy that works, the guy that owns the bank name. I feel like it's a very like kids movie name. Like sometimes when they, when they write, make up character names in kids movies, it's like a kid made the name. So like Biederman or like Quigley, like it's like they give names that like kids would recognize as being adults, kind of. I don't really know. Like, I, I feel like there's multiple movies with a guy just named Biederman. I think that they make up a person named Biederman on an episode of 30 Rock, too. Right. Like, it's just kind of I don't know why that's like the funniest name. I don't know either. But I think at some point I will name a character Biederman in a script because of playing Czech. And I want to honor such an important film. Yeah, like maybe that's just what happens is you see it on the page and you go, that's funny. And then you just yeah, like, and, you, keep... and then you just you store it away somewhere for later. And then one day you're just like, Peterman. It's so good to yell. Like, I think that's why they did it. Cause Peterman. Yeah, yeah. Like you can yell like if you're mad at them. Right. That's a good like, Peterman. Like, that's like, you guys can't see it, but I'm like waving my little arm. And it's like, that's the name you would yell. And you'd be so angry at Peterman for like forgetting to send out the files or right. something. And Carl Quigley is pissed because. <laughs> He yeah. was like a witness against him in court for money yeah. laundering. Also played by Miguel Ferrer, who is like a pretty major act. Like he's one of those like, hey, it's that guy, guys, in a major way. Like he's been in basically everything. Yeah, look him up. He's awesome. Literally 126 acting credits on IMDb. Yeah. A lot of animated stuff, too. He's incredibly prolific. Wildly prolific. He's related to George Clooney. They're cousins. What? Wow. Look, we're learning so much today. I love a fun fact. Love a fun fact. What is the last thing he was in? Oh, wow. Look, a picture of him on Star Trek. Everyone I love has been on Star Trek. Everyone. It, Star Trek is sort of the law and order of... Of space? Space. <laughs> Wait, yeah. he played Shen Yu in Mulan? What? That's crazy. That is crazy. His most recent role was 2018? 
2017 or 2018. Oh, you know what? I know him from also Twin Peaks. He kind of always plays a bad guy. Yeah, he totally is typecast as like a villain. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash bad with money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen, I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. 
Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. So he, he says, like, look, here's my cash. The bills are marked. So I need new bills, which is what money laundering is. I need these bills to be clean. Clean. And he says, a guy named Juice is going to be here in 24 hours. I need the new bills. I need the new bills for Juice. So... Now we meet Shay Stanley. Would you like to talk about Shay? So I don't know what to say about Shay. I just remember thinking this was like the hottest woman alive when I was 12. She's pretty hot. She's super hot. She was one of 50 People Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful People in 1993. Yeah, like her face is perfect. Yeah, great face. She's, yeah, she was in Dumb and Dumber. Yes, she was. That's, I think, maybe where I had known her from. Was that before this? Yeah. No, they were the same year. Oh, same year. Wow, what a year for Karen Duffy. A, 1994 was a banger year. Real Karen real, Duffy. Oh, Karen Duffy just So, I wrote She works at the bank, First National Bank of Hillsdale. I wrote, "Oh, it's that 90s thing where little boys are in love with grown women." Like this was like a thing. Absolutely was a thing. This was a very specific trope in this period of time. So Shay is a very interesting character to me because she has no discernible opinions or traits. Like she is the epitome of like a woman who just is a, a, a caricature and she's is amenable to everything. She never judges the lead. She's just like happy to be with him. Like there's no, she has no desires, no conflicting wants, nothing. But, but, but she should because she's working for the FBI and she's undercover. And so she's like also like not great at that. No, she's like, doesn't even research what she's looking into. Like she does like zero work at her bank job or her, her fake bank job or her real FBI job. She does no work at either of them. And then it's just, yeah, it just seems to be like very like, okay, cool about literally everything that's going on around her. She needs to be as a woman in a 90s movie, love interest. She needs to be completely free at the drop of a hat Yes. To spend time with our main character. Obviously, despite the schedule of having a nine to five job at a bank and again, being an undercover FBI agent. Exactly. So, so he goes, try to deposit his check. She says he needs $200. Actually, I wrote in all caps, is she flirting with him? Because I completely forgot she's flirting with him. Please come back and see me. I think when I was watching this last week, this was the part first when he sees her, I was like, oh, that's why I loved this movie so much. And then when she started talking to him, I went, oh, no, because I remember I started to remember how like I didn't remember that they kissed. I did not remember that. And, and I was 
very shocked when that happened. Yeah, it's the again, it's like that thing where it was like kind of okay for little boys to have grown woman love interests. But like you would never do this with like a little girl unless it was the whole movie and it was called Lolita. Yeah, that's a completely different thing. When you, if you flip the the genders in, of a 90s film that has this trope, it becomes something very dark and terrible versus this, which is played for laughs and is again a children's film. So Biederman gives Quigley some temporary checks to use because he's like, I'll have your money soon. Here are some checks. Temporary checks are bullshit. No one takes temporary checks. No, it's incredible. Have you funny. ever been given temporary check? They are worthless. It's a basically a post-it note. So then he's holding the check. Preston is holding his $11 check. Butch comes up and steals it. And then Quigley hits Preston's bike. Oh, and when he's backing up. When I was rewatching this, I was filled with, okay, I think I was filled with terror thinking about myself at a young age watching this. And I was like, did I think he was about to get murdered by this car? And then, because I know and I knew the things I remembered about this movie were kid, man crushes bike, blank check, mansion, slide from house into pool. Like that is all I remembered of the movie going into it. And so I knew he was not going to get killed by the car. but. It is shot in a kind of terrifying way. You definitely think for a second, like something really bad might happen. And then he just hits the bike and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're meant to believe that he might actually hit Preston. A crowd begins to make a scene. And Butch sort of doing this thing where he's like doing, he's being a lawyer. And he's kind of being like, well, I don't know. What are you going to give him? Or like, it looked like I'll testify that you know, you were you almost killed him or whatever. Butch, I think. Butch who hates Preston. Yeah, Butch is trying to like get some money out of it. He, it and the the little kid actor is doing an incredible job. All the kids in the, like both of them. I I mean, Pre- okay, the kid that plays Preston is legitimately very good. I think. Say more that about that. Butch, no, I think he's a good actor. Yeah, he's pretty I good. Think there's like there's something. I okay, I'm about to say something that's going to sound like I am condoning the adult woman relationship he has okay i know you're not though i am not but there is something about him and the way he portrays like the way thing emotion reads on his face feels so much more grounded than many child actors that you see that it it feels like he's older than he is yeah he's the most realistic part of like acting in the film yes he's actually the kind of the best actor in the film and like he he like has this weird like like there's like weird depth to him that like I like you look at, especially in the beginning when he's just like bummed out at his house and like yelling at his family, he looks so stressed out. Like these, there's like this sense of worry and anxiety on his face that really doesn't develop in people until they're like 30s. You know, like you really have to get some like life experience to get that kind of like, oh, God, I'm worried about paying my bills. Like that's the kind of anxiety that kid brings to every scene he's in. And so there's something weirdly just like, I don't know, I thought he was great. I think he really portrays the way that the dad has probably continuously beat capitalism into his children's head. Like he really portrays that pretty accurately. He he does look incredibly stressed out. He looks so anxious all the time. He has resting stress face. Like he is just never happy in a way. Like generally kids, their faces are just like either like at rest or like, you know, relatively smiley. But like he is just like, worried about the stock market all the time or something. So going into how his father treats him, the bike is run over. Oh, so Quigley freaks out and gives him a blank check. That's 
That's the whole, that's the blank check of the title. Yeah. And then he like runs out, he takes off, goes home. A cop is coming. So he takes off because he's a man on the run. We get to the house and, and Preston's father says, I thought we understood about taking care of our valuables. And he gets grounded. And I wrote in all caps, a man just almost killed your kid. And you grounded him. I don't You're understand. You're the one that told him to go to the bank. I really don't understand. So this no, like. These are, these parents are not good. The mom also barely exists. If we're talking about women in this film, they have no motivations and no desires. No. And very limited dialogue. And well, I guess except for Karen Duffy. Yeah. But even then she sort of just. Even then it's. Like a, a hologram of a person. Yeah. Definitely. So then he he wants his own house and his own money. He's fed up, Preston. So he goes to the computer and he prints out a million dollar check, which he makes out to cash. So real quick, I don't know when the last time was that you tried to print something on a piece of paper that already had other things on it and you needed to make sure it lined up perfectly. But the fact that he was able to do that in the first shot in the year 1993 or whatever on that piece of technology is wild I, that might be the most wild part of this film that he was able to perfectly print the check the first time and it lined up perfectly and looked nice come on how many he sh there should have been a montage of him wasting an entire ream of paper trying to figure out how to print that check. right i mean i would have loved it it's also so funny that he goes directly to one million dollars i know it's also like what a made-up number you know like not like i know a million is real but just like a, a perfectly even one million it's just funny it's so funny but like think about yourself as a kid like you thought a million dollars was crazy i would have been like two million and i've been like no 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 That's too much i'll just do one it's too much i'll do one They'll, they might find out if i do two million they'll know they'll see right through this if i do two so he falls asleep holding the check and kisses it <laughs> which is wild that's his father's influence right i there. know so then so then the kid goes to the bank and the this woman isn't buying it. She's like, okay, million dollar check, whatever. She sure. brings him to Biederman's office and Biederman takes a look at him, thinks about it. And then is like, I guess this is juice. And he's like, and the kid goes, the <laughs> no, I'm not thirsty. And then he just like starts laughing hysterically. Like he's like, oh, what's, the guy, what's that guy's name? Uh, oh, quickly. He's like, oh, quickly, you did it again. Yes, yeah, crazy bastard. Like, he like, wow, only quickly is a crazy enough criminal mastermind to think to send a child. Basically, yeah. And also there's a really funny line where he says, I guess you want big bills. And then he goes, regular size would be okay, which is extremely funny. That's a legitimately funny line of dialogue. That's actually very funny. I laugh. I actually laughed at that. I did. So Juice is on his way, but he's distracted by ogling and pinching and looking at women. Sure. And Juice is played by the one and only Tone Loke, mm. who also had a big role in another very problematic classic 90s film, Ace Ventura. Right. <laughs> what was going on? We just did whatever we wanted. Dude, the 90s were just like really fucked up. <laughs> like nobody had. I think like maybe people thought it was weird, but they had no one to talk to about it. Yeah, maybe they just didn't have anywhere to like, they, they couldn't just like Google like, is this fucked up? Is this transphobic? Is this like really abusive or something? And then like they didn't, they couldn't just like ask someone that. You couldn't go to the library and look in an encyclopedia and like be like, is the encyclopedia of like, is this bad? Is this problematic? They didn't have those. Or if any, everybody else is like laughing or whatever, you're kind of like, okay, I guess it's funny. Like, I don't really know. You have no, nothing to like go against if you live in a certain like bubble. Yeah, for sure. He gives the money to the kid. 
the kid sees what uh, goes and finds a castle that says American House Hunt Realty. It's the castle. As someone who bought a house in 2021, the castle goes for 150K cash. It's a buyer's market. Somehow, Quigley is also trying to buy this exact same house. He's he's in the house looking at it, like, like making an offer on the house while what's about to happen happens. Preston goes home. He uses the computer voice, makes a counter offer of 180 plus closing costs up to, and then it goes up to 300,000. And then he buys the house under the name Mr. McIntosh. So how did this, how did this read to you? Absolutely insane. I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure when I saw it as a kid, I was like, cool, you know, like, wow, you could just get a castle by like impersonating a computer, a computer impersonating a person. How did he know about closing costs? Truly, even honestly, I, at the age of 41, didn't entirely understand all the stuff he was saying. I have never purchased a home. And so I was like, I know I know those terms. I've heard closing costs, but like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about and could not use them correctly in a sentence. He's 12. How did he know? There's a few times where like money stuff comes up that he knows the lingo for that I'm a little bit confused about. Maybe. Yeah. Like, how does he know that? Does his dad, maybe his dad? Like Maybe the dad. So he buys the house under the name Mr. McIntosh, which he takes from his computer. And now he has created a fake person who is his boss, who is a grown up named Mr. McIntosh, no first name. Yes. Who has employed him as like an assistant. Consigliere. <laughs> yeah. Butler. Like unclear. <laughs> it, it, it kind of varies depending on the scene. He sits in his bed and he does that movie thing where he throws money around. When I was a kid, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to throw the money in the air and like Scrooge McDuck, like swim in it. Like that's all I wanted as a child. Oh, we could have done like Scrooge. I guess that's kind of hard because none of the DuckTales things are like a story about him getting money. He just already has money. Anyway. No, he's just already rich. Yeah, I just, all I wanted was to like throw money and like swim in the money. And then of course, once I got old enough to understand how the world worked, I was like, ew, gross. That's disgusting. (laughs) It's very dirty. Yeah, I I've talked about this a lot, but I rewatched Indecent Proposal and they oh fuck on a bed of money. Yeah, they do. And I was sort of like, I'd be so like after that, I'd be like, I hope there are no dollar bills stuck in the bed. Like I'd be like crawling around weird, like that would not be sexy at all. I'd be like counting, like making sure we didn't leave anything in the pillows. I'd be like, why is there like a quarter stuck to my ass? Like, why are there coins? Yeah, what what, wrong? How, who brought coins? <laughs> That's so funny. You like you like look down your shirt. There's like a coin stuck to your chest. Yeah, I would just be so nervous to leave any of the money behind. So but and also how did his parents not see him throwing cash? I have a lot of questions about the parents. They seem so overbearing when it comes to like basic everyday things. But then like the like this whole scheme is going on and they have no idea what's happening. Right. And it's just like, how does he have, how do they not know where their son is all the time? He is in middle school. He literally bought a house. He literally bought a house. He has a chauffeur, which we'll get to, and like is never home anymore. Do they not wonder where he is? No, they literally don't. What, until the dad finds out he's working for Mr. McIntosh. And then suddenly it's like, oh shit, my son is a big deal. Exactly. So Quigley realizes that the kid is the one who has the money. And we realize that Shay is undercover FBI. Mm-hmm. So now, so we're like, wow, she's bad at two jobs. Exactly. Now he goes to Limousines Unlimited because <laughs> he wants to ride around in a limousine. 
He, I don't know if you caught this. He spikes the camera to like smile when the limousine pulls up, which like, what is the mythology of this film? I don't know. I, did we even talk about the stuff he bought yet? Or is that after those? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, good. So Henry, the driver shows up. Henry, the driver. I learned the term frog skins. Frog skins? I didn't know frog skins meant money. I don't know that either. Yeah, he says frog skins, which I guess means money. Because mm. it's green? Uh, yeah, but I had never heard that before. No, I've never heard that before. That sounds like something a Dick Tracy villain would right? say. <laughs> so then they go to the mall. Because he's like, I got to buy a bunch of stuff for myself. Mr. McIntosh says I have to. So they go to the mall. There's a Roots Canada, which is kind of weird. Yeah, why was there a Roots Canada in Texas where they filmed this? Right. I was sort of like, did they film this in Vancouver? I couldn't really figure it out. Yeah. I wrote down 90s equals tiny sunglasses for big fashion. Which is funny because they're back. I know. Honestly, so many of the, so much of the of the like crazy fashion in this is very popular today, which I think is really fun. It's a fun element. Yeah, it it looks very 90s, but it also looks like right, 100% what someone would buy now. Like, oh, let me get this like suit with big shoulder pads and tiny tiny yellow sunglasses. Right. Incredible. Hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free, videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories. And also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, And if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang. So I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time-consuming. I'm sure you guys know. You've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. 
create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash badmoney. That's Chime.com slash badmoney. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. So do you want to talk about this montage? The montage, it like goes on forever. It like at one point stops and then starts again. And I'm like, first of all, as a fan of montages, maybe this is why I'm such a fan of montages because of how unhinged they were in this movie. He just, this is like the part of the movie that I think is just like what I fell in love with as a child, which was like getting to run around and spend a bunch of money on whatever shit you want. You are in middle school. and. It doesn't matter. It was beautiful. It's so he's so free. He's so free for a moment. This is what I liked about Big. Yes, definitely. I was like, I'm going to buy everything. The the most the thing I remember most about this movie is what he buys. Yes. The 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 the, the car, the racing cars, the big wall, big giant screen for video games. Or it's like made up of small screens, right? And it's like he plays video games on it. That that pool, that water slide going from the castle into the pool. I'll never, ever forget that. Tandem bike, tennis and basketball at a sports complex, rollerblading, a super soaker. He's on these new clothes. He's vibing. 
they have like that was the that was the to me the crux of the film was like money will give you all of this stuff and it was not like stuff like oh i'm gonna get stuff that's practical it was like i want the most sharper image sky mall fucking shit it's the most that it's like a a toys r us exploded in your bedroom yeah it's just like consumerism and like what i thought would make me cool me too what i thought would make me happy yeah. I mean, also one thing that I really remembered was the huge tub of ice cream that he's eating from. I remembered that because it's like a garbage pail full of ice cream. It is gigantic. It's it like, first of all, that's not a quantity that anyone sells ice cream in. But you he's know? so rich, he can just get that. It looks like, you know, when you go to the ice cream, to go to the ice cream shop and they're like scooping and sometimes they have to replace the big giant things from the container where all the scoops, it looks like he bought one of those. It's like a five gallon drum, but it's in like a Home Depot paint thing. Nothing and has looked yummier cream. than that ice cream. I just wanted to live inside of that ice cream. I was smaller then. Right. When we were tiny, <laughs> we could fit in the ice cream. We were tiny. <laughs> he got Henry a watch and he explains that he's a kid having Macintosh's childhood for him. Why does anyone believe this child? Because he's a very good actor. He's very convincing. Right, sure. He then sees Shay running. Yep. And he out for a jog. Like she's not just like running. She's like out for a jog. Like, but like also, how big is this town that this is just like the person that happens? To, it's of course, sure, sure. He follows her in the car, trying to hang out with her and stuff. He tells her what she he's been doing, and she gives the FBI the info on like the kid in the bank. But like, doesn't really make the connection between that and the juice situation. Does not. Again, very bad at both of her jobs. So this is when the dad starts to see what, what's been going on with Preston and where Preston has been. All of these deliveries of the stuff he bought start going to the castle. And they're like blocking the street. And the dad is like, what is going on? And he's like, Preston. And Preston's like, oh, yeah. Like, he's like in a headset with a fucking clipboard, which is like, yes. Yes, Preston. Event organizer. <laughs> what did you say? event organizer yeah he's directing everybody on where to go and to set up the water slide and the trampoline and all that so the dad is like what the hell's going on he says oh actually mr mcintosh has heard about you work stuff really good things and the dad immediately melts like oh your boss knows about me which again is like what the dad prioritizes like he doesn't care that his son is like handling all this money or working as an 11 year old for a man he doesn't know He's just like, oh, he, there's business to be made. There's business to be had. Also, the idea, uh, I feel like this was kind of, maybe it's just because I was younger, because I was like a small child in the 90s watching these movies. But I also think it was kind of a 90s kid movie trope, the concept of business and that it means absolutely nothing. Because like, does the dad want to know what industry this man works? In? We don't know. The dad doesn't know. We don't even know what the dad fucking does. Like, what does business mean? It doesn't have a meaning. Can you explain more about how business is portrayed to children? <laughs> business is portrayed to children. I think this film is a perfect example of how business is portrayed to children in like 90s movies, which is that it is it is work. It is numbers. It is a thing men do. And you get lots of money and then you make the rules. Right. 
Yes. There is no connection between that and any like real tangible like, but what do you do? Maybe there's a desk. Maybe there's a computer. Dad's never around. This is the 90s. And this is all we know. This is all we know about business. There's no way unless you watch, you know, different movies like Big Business, nine to five. Those tell you about business. That's real. Sure. But those are not for children. No, they're not. And they should be. <laughs> yeah. Let's have children learn about sexual harassment from nine to five. And they should. No, not the worst. Empowering. Thing. Don't let them. Do that song alone. Don't let the boss take your ideas. Don't. Do not. So. It's a bad man. So the, the dad also represents the dad we later learn is an investment banker, I think. I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I watched the movie last week and don't know what the dad but does. One thing that's interesting is that there's also this 90s trope of like, you're right, absent parents or parents who are kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, and that's sort of wish fulfillment, too, is that your parents are not. Oh, yeah, because you don't want your parents. Around. Right. Your parents are not. You're getting one over on them. They're yeah, not aware absolutely. enough to like be on top of you in any way. And also going back to what you were saying about how like everything is very like masculine focused, like that thing in the 90s of the of these tropes is that the mom was a stay at home mom. That was always part of it. But she doesn't know what's going on either and is barely around either. But we don't know what she's doing because, again, like none of the female characters are given any real the character. They're not real characters especially the mom who's like barely on screen at all. Like at least Karen Duffy is like around more, but like you still don't really know. <laughs> oh, it's mommy issues. The movie. Yeah, that's actually pretty true. Uh, but like, woof. <laughs> I think also the way that the dad immediately sort of goes beta when he realizes that Mr. God, McIntosh yeah. is like rich and could get him something. His whole demeanor changes. Starts stuttering. And suddenly, he's very like, he's yeah. heard about me. Like the dad immediately rolls over for money. And like, he's like a debutante yeah. that like heard that like someone wants to take him to the ball. He's like, oh, oh my God, really? Oh, I, uh, okay. Like his masculinity that's been pushed upon Preston is suddenly being able to be pushed upon by someone he perceives as richer than him. Yes. And he wants to impress and make a, and like, no, know that this rich guy thinks of him or knows who he is or might be able to get him something when he doesn't even know the man's first name and has never met him. And doesn't know what he does. Right. What in, cause, oh, I mean, this will come into play a little bit more later with like the like potential investment thing. Yeah. But like, but what connection does this man have to anything? It's portrayed as money connects to masculinity. Yeah. And you don't need to know the details. And that's all you need. You don't, you don't need to know any details. Exactly. So then we see Preston by, I wrote down, bounce house, racetrack, water slide, moon bounce, arcade games, wrestling game, or boxing game, Velcro wall, big fake. Velcro wall. I remembered the Velcro wall. Velcro wall was a big one from my, from my memory. Yeah. Big boxing game, big bowling game, fake office for Mr. McIntosh, sumo, the sumo wrestling game was peak for me. Peak, 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 peak. All incredible montage. So then a woman that he has paid for something from, she brings the money to the bank and then Shay sees that it's marked FBI. So she's like, oh, interesting. Oh, it's the woman that bought, sold the house. Sold the it's house. The realtor. Where did you get this money from? She says she bought it from a guy named Macintosh or she got the money for Macintosh. The, then Shay's kind of like, oh, Macintosh, I've heard of him. My young lover is working for him. Sorry. My child lover is working for a Mr. Macintosh. No first name. 
<laughs> I wonder if they're the same Macintosh. The bad guys go to Funland to try to find the right kid. They are looking for any child who might be Preston. They seem to not know what the child would look like. At one point, Miguel Ferreira pops a kid's balloon with his cigar, which is so classic kids movie villain. So classic. Uh. Then Preston is playing some games while some old men dress him, vaguely put him in clothes. (laughs) It's very weird. It's very like, again, like what you think a businessman is doing, which is getting fitted for suits. Vaguely by a bunch of minions. Well, because there's a big event coming up. Right, right. But like, I don't, it's just like a big, is it Macintosh's birthday? Is it's that Macintosh's what it is? birthday. Yeah, because he would, then he would have had to make up something business related. And that's clearly we couldn't do that. So he sees Butch on the camera and he has Henry throw him out. That's great. I, I applauded that. Very, again, like wish fulfillment. Like I have the power. This bully had more masculinity than me. I was riding children's rides. I was eating cotton candy. Now I have the money. I have the masculinity now. Yeah. A speedboat brings him a drink, which I also thought was the coolest fucking thing. I wanted that. Exactly that thing. I wanted to lounge in a pool float and I wanted to have a boat, a little tiny remote control boat, bring me snacks and beverages. That's all I wanted. He has these 90s flip up sunglasses. Very cool. Very cool. Shay comes over. To look to talk to Mr. McIntosh. But she comes over with like the the premise of like, oh, I, I was here. I'm here to help you get your bank account. Right. Because he still has to deposit, deposit his $11, except now it's more. It's enough to deposit. I think what, what was the beginning balance? 200, I think. So he's like, oh, I can do that now. I didn't know the bank sent people to your home to help you start an account. They don't. Like, she's just right. She's just trying to do McIntosh like recon but he thinks yeah it's it's like it's like you're starting to see that like people are maybe starting to second guess what's going on shay being one of the main ones that like you're starting to see people be like okay well i would love to talk to macintosh well he's busy right now you can't talk to him well i'll just wait until he's not busy oh he'll be busy basically he's like better at this than everyone else and he's able to stall them all out in such a way that he gets them to leave which is really impressive because again he is a child it's also funny that she says, oh, you, you're like makes a comment about him being rich. And he immediately is like, well, we're, I'm comfortable, which is exactly what a rich person would say. Extremely funny. Now, again, now we're about to get into, for me, how this movie feels about women, because the shot that we get is we look through her legs to see Preston. And he's like, I'm going to get the money to open my account. And then he tells, he says, Macintosh is letting me handle all his financial affairs. He knows a good man when he sees one. I think she says that about him. Like she's flirting with him and the camera is letting us know that she's flirting with him. The camera is like really, really doing it, overdoing it. (laughs) Uh, He says, why don't you come by tonight around eight? I'll take you to dinner. We can talk about everything. She says it's a date then. And like, smiles flirtatiously. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, then what do you think of Henry's advice about what women want? Shit, I don't... Wait, what did he say? I don't remember it. Tell me. Yeah. Okay, his number one, Henry says, number one, women love a great body. You're buff, but we're going to get you chiseled. He's 11. Two, he says, take her to steak heaven. 
They have an all you can eat salad bar and women love that. Oh, Jesus. It really is the 90s. He also says you should line your pockets with plastic bags and take some of it with you because it doesn't say it doesn't say all you can eat here. <laughs> you know what? Not the worst. That's advice the best advice heard. he's given. Yeah, that is actually the, the best advice. Yeah. Three, he says something about remaining noncommittal. I think the only advice Henry needed to give to Preston in this instance is stop what you're doing. You're a child. Every adult is like, this is totally fine for you to be pursuing a grown woman. Every adult is encouraging everything here. And it's it's bad. It's very bad. The dad comes over and is sort of like, you got to be home for dinner. He says so much for plan 442. And the dad's like, what? And he knows that it's the investment plan the dad's been working on. And then the dad is like, oh, my God, you're going to go see Macintosh and you're going to talk about the, the investment plan. Do you want the car keys? Also, he says that he has a date with, I think, a grown woman and the parents are like, go for it. Great. That's great, son. What is going? I wrote, what is the way this movie views women? Not at all. Or as as. Like mannequins, (laughs) like literally smiling mannequins. Purely. Yeah. Smiling mannequins who are are there to help or love you. And have absolutely no, like, no hesitation. No, they're not causing you any problems. They are literally just like there to smile and, and be on your side. Zero conflict ever. Zero opinion of their own. They will just go along with whatever you say at the drop of a hat. Even though you're 11. Even though you are 11. So he goes to meet her at a restaurant, really nice restaurant. He does a very funny thing, which is he puts his glasses in a glass to hold them. I was charmed by that. Yeah. They order little lobsters. He gives her a heart necklace. She's like, I can't accept this. He says it's deductible. Again, I would not have known that word and how to use that. So that's another thing where I'm like, well, he's been clearly reading his dad's investment plans. So like he knows a lot about money and like words. Yeah. But it's sort of strange. He knows words and he seems to use them at least somewhat correctly, uh, correctly enough where nobody's catching on that he might not. Except. No. Shay says, what does Macintosh do? Is he an entrepreneur? And then Preston says, he's American. Again, that's a, and that's a very Blake funny. Blake Snyder, you've done it again. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Peterman. <laughs> Shay says a million dollars doesn't actually buy all that much these days, which is interesting. Or these days. Or these days, I mean, particularly not. I was wondering if that days. was even a lot of money in the 90s. I remember thinking it was a lot of money, but I didn't come. I don't, Carly, I didn't we like were children. At the age of 12, I thought the idea of a million dollars was the, the biggest amount of, of money Of course, we were kids. <laughs> We had like $5, if that. I was like begging my mom for Archie Comics. I didn't have a Velcro wall. No, I had a Velcro wallet. Exactly. And that, see, man, you, you're such a good writer. You should start writing with Blake Snyder. I got to get his, I got to get, I, I think I might have the, the cat book. No, I don't think I, do I have, I might be on that shelf over there.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So he then does a very funny thing, Preston, where he's like asking her questions that he says Macintosh wants to know. Like, are you married? What's the shortest guy you ever dated? What's the youngest? At least he says youngest. So like, right when he says youngest, though, that's when you know that like, in terms of like, the writing and the directing of this film, like everything behind the scenes of this film is they weren't, they're not, they knew what they were doing was fucked up by saying, how old is the youngest? Knowing that he's a little kid. I also posted a picture, uh, a screenshot <laughs> on of Instagram. him saying, what, what's the shortest guy you ever dated? And was like me at the gay bars <laughs> trying to talk to cis men. Okay, I'm sorry. An interjection from our producer. Melissa says Blake Snyder is dead. This is news to me. Wow, that's really wild. And and the WGA, of course, they, they he wrote the book on this stuff. Wow, that's really, rest in peace. So I wrote that Shay is a woman for whom nothing is ever wrong. They run through the water. It's meant to be romantic. She's get out on the street wet. She gets out of the limousine wet. And just like, is like, drop me off here on the street. Which what? And then I said, why is there supposed to be sexual tension? Like you are literally supposed to think that they're going to make out in the water or make out in the in the limo. It's so weird. This was just hard to watch at this point, like very hard to watch. It was. Yeah, it started to get really hard to watch when it became clear that they were building a romance between a 12 year old and a 31 year old. And you're rooting. You're supposed to root for it. It's it's written that way. It's shot that way. The music swells at the exact right moments that it would ha- that would happen if they if this was a romantic if there was pl- like a rom com like it's played like a rom com. It's played so seriously like a rom com, without like a wink, not a wink to be found. Like it is just played seriously, and it's really hard to watch by this point in the film. It's interesting because I was just thinking about how Paul Thomas Anderson's movie Licorice Pizza came out like a couple years ago or last year. And that is a film where a 15-year-old boy has a romance with a 25-year-old woman and it's played for serious and they get together at the end. And so I want to say that this stuff doesn't happen anymore, but it does. It's still played as if like how many TV shows are like the, t- you know, the teachers dating the kid. And it's like, it's it's still, we somehow still and and it's just with boys a lot of the time. I mean, I think Pretty Little Liars did it with a girl, but like, you know, it's a lot of times with with 
young boys, it's like they're supposed to see these grown women and be like, humana, humana. And like, and it's like, what? So he has money. So now he's a man. Like now this is like acceptable. That's the thesis of the film. Right. right. It's like, that's literally the thesis of the film. You, you have money. Now you're a man. And that's all that matters. Right. That's like really what this film is saying. Also to drive home that she's an object. He puts number three on his list of things he wants. Now that he has money, a girlfriend. So then he decides he's going to throw a party for his birthday, but it's Mac really Macintosh's birthday, but he doesn't really have any friends. So he just invites like a bunch of like random people. There's Yvonne, the party planner, who's played by Debbie Allen, the Debbie Allen. Oh, Debbie, girl, get out, get out of there. (laughs) She's really good actress. Look her up for what else she's done. She's and a director and just an icon, like an act, like a true icon of stage and screen. But like, I'm like, why are you in this? (laughs) I don't know. At this point, I'm like, how much has he spent? Which is a good question to ask. Because that's a very good question to because, ask. Because despite <laughs> having all of his little accounting software, he is not paying attention. We find out he only has $332.71 left. So as soon as I wondered it, the movie told us. Same. At the exact moment that I was like, that's the exact moment that the movie wanted us to wonder how much money he had left. And that was the moment that it became part of the story. The criminals find Butch and they hold him over the side of a building and threaten him to find out where Preston is. I think the other thing about this movie is that kids are adults, I guess. And you can just treat a kid like an adult and it's fine. Yeah, that's the problem is that within the wish fulfillment of you're taken seriously and you're able to do what you want as a kid, there's almost like a dark overtone of well, if you have these things, then adults will treat you like an adult. And that's cool with Shay and also uncool with the criminals. Mm -hmm. Also uncool with Shay, but that's our, that's not his opinion. (laughs) Then the criminals say that Shay is a gold digger, right? Who tells him that she's a gold digger? I don't remember now. It's something where they say, well, she's a gold digger. She only probably wants you for your money. Yeah. He is, again, a child. Everyone's just like going along with that they're together or that they could be together in a way that is so removed from reality. But I don't know. These grown men held a child over the side of a building to threaten him. They did. They were. Yeah, they did. Then the dad arrives to the party. And as Preston is sitting in Macintosh's chair, he has his back to the dad. And he, the dad is like talking to Macintosh, thinks it's Macintosh, even though he doesn't see him at all. And he never replies. And the dad gives this monologue of like, I just want Preston to come home. He thinks, you know, it's my fault that he only cares about money. We miss him and our family. Preston starts crying. We only realized he wasn't around a few hours ago. And now that we have realized this, we really miss him and would like him to come home. Preston is crying. Henry leaves. Shay leaves. And Preston feels very alone. The criminals kick in the door and the people take their presents. Somebody at one point takes Yvonne, Yvonne's wig, which feels like a microaggression. And basically, like Preston's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I've been in so I've, I'm in over my head. It's not fun. He's in over his head and, and like it all comes crashing down. And he's like, 
there's no macro touch. And this is where I've learned that it has been six days since the beginning of this film. (laughs) He says, how can you spend a million dollars in six days? So this entire film took place over the course of six days. Six days. One week. (sighs) Okay. Quigley decides he's going to take over the Macintosh identity, but they need to get rid of Preston first. Yet again, they're like, we got to kill this child. They're like, let's straight up murder this little boy. Okay. (laughs) So then the FBI arrives and Quigley, not wanting to go to jail, says, I'm Macintosh. And then everyone's like, yeah, he is Macintosh. Because they all like that. The criminals are like, he's Macintosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Macintosh. And it it helps Preston get out of trouble to say he's Macintosh. But what he doesn't realize is that they want to arrest Macintosh because he's a he's a monetary criminal. So everybody gets every uh, the the guy goes to jail very conveniently. Preston is okay. Biederman goes to jail. Biederman also goes to jail. Biederman's Biederman's being but Biederman is part Juice of it. Juice goes to jail. Then like the cops are sort of going through the house. Now, like Preston's not in trouble because they think that Quigley spent all this money and did all this stuff because he was quote unquote Macintosh. Shay comes and sits next to him and he asks her when he can see her again. And what if all of their dating was just for her job? What does she do and say? She says it was real. (laughs) At which point I dove out my window and just landed in the shrubs. Yep. He says, she she says, it started out that way. Like, this is not 10 things I hate about you. No, but that's how they're treating it. Same, 10 things I hate about you, slash, can't hardly wait, slash, uh, she's all that. Like, it's like that reveal. And it's like, no, that doesn't work here. This is a kid. Again, as we said, she says, call me in 10 years. They settle on six. They kiss. He is 11 years old. So I guess when he's 17... Is when she says to call her. I I don't I don't know, man. I don't this know. This <laughs> film, like, it's a stupid kids movie, whatever. But the way that it plays with money and masculinity is so fucked up, and the way that it shows how women behave towards you because of money is like so fucked up. It clearly, like Debbie Allen's character, she's an icon, and her character is played as like a caricature. Like the women in this film are treated terribly. He makes up with his dad. He sees Henry and Henry says, oh, I didn't leave. I'm still your friend. I went to go get more ice cream. And he shows up with another five gallon drum of ice cream. What do you think Henry's been thinking this whole time? Because Henry's just been hanging out with him as a friend and he's an adult and Preston is a child. What's your read on Henry? So I think I think Henry caught on before anyone else did. And he reveals that here in this scene when he's like, tell Macintosh, blah, blah, blah. But it's all stuff he actually is saying to Preston. And Preston gets that and he's like teary eyed. But like, why did he keep hanging out with this kid? And it's like he was being paid. So, okay, but also like, I think he could tell that Preston needed a friend. But like there's (laughs) that could go in so many different directions that are all very bad. So it's it's just weird. It's just like weird. Like like and that character is supposed to come across as like a cool sidekick and you like him. But like if that actor had been literally anybody else, I think it would have been very creepy. Yeah, he's like he he reads as a big kid himself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like 
yeah and like that that can be so i mean it's kind of funny that the kids are meant to act like adults but there's this one adult that acts like a kid because he's hired help yeah masculinity and it's like preston doesn't have friends and and so it's like this is his friend but it's just it's weird. It's just an adult man. And he's like accepting gifts from him too. But Henry says, I'm going to miss you. Then he goes home and his family surprises him with a little birthday stuff. And they're like, do you want anything? And he's like, I got everything I need right here. Instead of making a wish. But then he goes, well, hmm. And he looks at a picture of Shay that he has on his wall. And he goes, maybe there's something to wish for. And then he blows out the candle Wishing for a grown woman to fuck him. So you you should be in jail for choosing this film. I should. I I should. I think that it's it's I'm an abolitionist except for <laughs> you right now. <laughs> Me right now. I think also there's something to be said about the messages that we took in about masculinity and having fun. Cause you and I both ended up being trans masked. And I think there's something to how both of us were like, this is so aspirational. Like this kid gets to do what he wants. He has a pretty girl. He's playing all these sort of masculine games, boxing and sumo wrestling, race cars. Yeah. Like this is what we, we didn't, we're not buying princess houses. Like, like everything that we want to buy is like stuff that a child. I was like a little tomboy. And I like related to this fucking child in this movie. That a child would have in order to seem that a little boy would have in order to seem like a man not to get too deep on the gender politics of blank check i mean and it is important i think it's super important sometimes to go through kids media that we took in as children and understand like what messages about money and power and capitalism that we were fed as kids because i was six so like what does that mean like so many movies were about kids like with no parental supervision do like do being adults yeah and that was always treated as like the the dream yeah and i think like that he can only act like a kid when he's emulating a man and has money whereas like when he's a kid his parents are like make money it made me be like i understand you have to teach your kids about responsibility and you have to teach them about money but like i understand and i also understand the end of this film kind of comes to like and money's not everything. But for someone like me and you, who let's say we didn't grow up with money and we're seeing this, that's very easy to say when the message we're getting is that when you do have money, the pretty girl likes you and you get to have as much ice cream as you want and you get to have a water slide. Play video games all day and you get a water slide in your castle. So work really hard, little kid, and one day you'll be able to do that. That's legit what I took from that film. And then I never saw it again. And that's all that stayed with me. And none of the creepy shit stayed with me. And none of the stuff at the end where it's like, oh, money doesn't matter. I have my family. None of that. Which is literally like a three minute beat at the end. Like, can I talk about the cinematography of this film? Yes. Really quickly? Oh, please. I want all of your, your thoughts we didn't get to. This film was shot by one of the most like legendary cinematographers bill pope who also shot i'll just give you a couple a couple titles clueless bedazzled that's a oh, classic. bedazzled elizabeth hurley and brendan Fraser. 
all all of the Matrix movies. He's best known for the he Matrix shot movies. the Matrix movies. Okay, everything you're telling me. Okay, Bedazzled is a BDSM fantasy. The Matrix movies are trans. Clueless is gay culture. What was the other one? It was also kind of gay. Bound, a literally Bound. a gay movie. Okay, so now I... Oh, wait, wait, wait. My One of my all-time favorite films, Scott Pilgrim vs. the yes, World. he shot that. He shot Scott Pilgrim, which is beautifully Here's shot. the thing. Baby Driver. I will put... I will put blank check in the pantheon of trans mask root films because this man's body of work is is queer as fuck he shot the boys in the band the ryan murphy Okay, everything is gay so okay so so blank check was that ryan murphy yes it is okay so blank check then uh, to, to finish up is a now a sort of trans mask allegory for wanting to for being a little guy and wanting to be a man and thinking that to be a man, you have to emulate toxic masculinity, but you don't. Oh, my God. He also shot Army of Darkness. The blank check, Carly, <laughs> the blank check was the ability for us to have the option to participate in patriarchy. But if you don't sign the blank check, if you don't take the blank check, you can opt out. Carly's dying laughing right now. Oh, my God. The blank check was the, the friends, the transition we went on along the, blank the way. The check was transition. And it's your and you could fill it out for a million dollars using your 90s computer or you can live a, a beautiful life with your family. That's what this show is, baby. You think this is some sort of dumb money recap show? No, it's deeper than that. No, we are. This is so much deeper than that. And I didn't realize when I picked this movie randomly that this was that deep because I never would have thought that blank check would have been a, that deep of a film. But there's a lot going on here that is beneath the surface. And some of it that is not, is very obviously. Some of it is a little bit way on the nose. Quite in your face, but there's a lot going on. You can say that. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you and more about you? Thank you for having me. I'm sorry, again, that I made us watch and talk about this movie. Though I do, I do feel like I feel closer to you. Yeah, me too. And I feel like we learned a lot about our transness through this film. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Carlytron, working on some stuff. Carly's a director. Carly's a writer. Check out all their stuff. I have stuff. Carlyuston.com. And whenever something new happens, I'll post it on social. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm going to go rent one of those Velcro walls. So do you want to come by and, and jump on it? It's my birthday soon. Should we do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we, we're going to rent one of those inflatable Velcro walls and get the suits. Yes. Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual, produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions, edited by Diane King, post-production sound by Coco Lorenz, and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you, love you, bye! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.